brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you remember that Buckley's cough syrup commercial? It tastes awful, but it's good for you. Now maybe some of you think about certain foods, whether that be Brussels sprouts or spinach or whatever. It tastes awful, but my parents tell me it's good for me, and so I have to eat it. I remember. Still, when I think of this, I still have visions of one of our kids sitting around the table and we would have peas. And I don't like peas. Well, you have to eat some peas. Well, okay, eight of them. Well, eight. So then she would get her glass of milk and she would plug her nose and she would put in a pea and take the milk and, and swallow it. There are foods that we may not like, but they are good for us. There are foods, of course, that that kind of gross us out. Not so long ago, there was a real controversy because they they had inspected some um, ground beef and they discovered that there was horse meat was mixed in it. Now, for certain ethnic people, that's no big deal, but for others, that is. They are grossed out. How could you you do that? How could I be eating that horse meat? Missionaries will tell you that sometimes it's a real, it's, uh, it's sometimes difficult where you're, they're eating scorpions or ants or, or, other, or other things in, in Africa. And you're kind of grossed out in certain countries. Dog meat is, is, is quite common. So we get used to what we eat. This morning, we celebrated communion. Now, it's all very, very sanitized and very, very clean. A nice little piece of bread and a little separate cup. As a matter of fact, it used to be that you would have the one cup, and the one cup would be passed around. But if you saw your neighbor with a cold and, and stuff, and then you would have to drink from that cup, no, no, no thanks. So we, we further sanitized it, and we have now little individual, individual cups. But yet, I want you to think about what we ate. We ate the body and blood of Jesus Christ. My body is real food, and my blood is real drink, says Jesus here in this this passage. Now imagine, imagine you were a Jewish person, and you remember Leviticus 17, verse 14. You must not eat the blood of any creature because the life of every creature is its blood. Anyone who eats it must be cut off. That's what you grew up on. And now Jesus Christ comes. And he doesn't say, hey, you should, you should try this. He says, no, you must eat of my body, and drink my blood. And if you do not, you do not have life in you. You do not have eternal life. You must eat of this food, of this drink. Now why? Why would he say that? I mean, this this is a stunning, stunning statement when you think about it. I mean, here 
You've got to eat my blood, drink my blood and eat my flesh. I mean, who would say that? Is Jesus a madman? Or is he really telling the truth? Why? Why would Jesus ask us to eat his body and drink his blood? Well, again, why was that command in the Old Testament not to drink blood? And, you know, the whole thing about kosher food still. Why? Because the blood equaled life. God is the one who created life. And he wanted people to respect life. You do not eat anything with the blood in it. If only, if only we lived in a world where they would respect life with what's going on in the Middle East, with what's going on in the Ukraine, with what's going on sometimes in our own big cities. If only, if only people would respect life. Jesus wants us to respect life. But now he's saying, you must eat of my body and drink of my blood. Why? Because, as I've already said, blood equals life. And it is only through the flesh and blood of Jesus who died on the cross that we have life, that we have eternal life. And when we speak about eternal life, it is not only life, you know, after you die, you have eternal life. No, it's a quality that we have eternal life in our systems, in our bodies. Notice what Jesus says here. It's not simply enough to believe in Jesus. It is He needs to be ingested. He needs to be taken into our lives. You know, when you think about Jesus, what do you think about? Well, he is the savior of the world. He is the son of God. He is the righteous, the most righteous person that ever lived on the world. And all of these things are true. But when you see Jesus, do you right away think of him as food? As drink? I don't think so. You know, if you're swimming, if you're swimming on the coast uh, um, and you see a shark fin uh, nearby, you probably will swim like you've never swam before, trying to get out of there and screaming. Or how many of you think, hmm, shark fin soup? <laughs> you, don't, you don't think of that. If you see a grasshopper, How many of you, you probably think, oh, I hope there's not a whole, he's got a lot of brothers and sisters and and out there in my canola field or or cornfield or or whatever, ruining as grasshoppers could do. Or do you think when you see a grasshopper, hmm, there's my snack for tonight. Again, you don't think of these things as food. So when you think of Jesus... You don't think of him as food, as one to be ingested. But that's what we read here in this chapter, in this chapter 6. My body is real food, and my blood is real drink. 
Not only do you believe that, but you must take that into your very being. You know, today, when you have, when you buy food, there's always that nutritional label that's on there and, and in terms of your vitamins and, 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 and all of these the ingredients that you, that you need, and even as a percentage there that, that's for your daily, daily allowance in order for you to be healthy. And so, again, Jesus, we take in Jesus in order for his love, for his compassion, for his forgiving spirit, for all of this to enter into our lives, the very quality of what is life everlasting. And of course, we don't just simply do that once every four months or however often we have communion. This is something we do on a daily basis. We'll talk about that in a minute in terms of the word and sacrament belonging together. We read this passage from John chapter 6, and as I have indicated, it begins with the feeding of the 5,000 people who were famished, who didn't have food, but Jesus takes those, those little loaves and he takes those fish and he, he spreads it out. He deals it out to um, every, every one. This... This is what Jesus has done. This is what Jesus has given us. And, he's, and now he says, I am. I am the bread of life. There is other food, he says. And he's referring specifically to the manna. Manna that was a miracle food. Manna that was provided in the wilderness as the people were going into the, into the promised land. But, says Jesus, and notice he says it twice in this passage that we read, they ate the manna, but yet they died. But now I'm offering you a food that you will never die. You will live forever. And again, think about that for a moment. You know, there's a whole emphasis today about, about organic foods. And, and, that, and that's to eat healthy is very important. People spend billions of dollars on, 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 on vitamins, different vitamins, and, and this is good for your prostate, this is good for your eyes, and this is good for something else. And people spend billions of dollars on it. What? That maybe they'll live a little bit healthier into their 80s or 90s or maybe join the Century Club. But Jesus, Jesus says, look, even with that manna, even with that, those miracle foods, you will die. But I'm offering something, you will live forever. And what is the reaction of people? Three times, four times we read here, people grum- grumbled. They didn't understand it. They didn't want it. And again, we live in a society, it seems, that we will spend billions of dollars on these things. But when it's offered in the person of Jesus, we grumble and we turn our backs. How sad. How sad that really, really is. 
One of the things, of course, we need to be a little careful about that in terms of sacramentalism. Sacramentalism is, well, okay, all I have to do here is uh, take, take the bread and drink my wine, and then I have eternal life. That's what Jesus says here. Well, again, we need to be very, very careful about that. And, and I remember, maybe not so much today anymore, but years ago when we would have a communion service, the church was, was um, fuller than at other services because people felt that they, if they wanted to have eternal life, they would have to partake of this bread and drink this wine because that's what Jesus says here. But notice... What Jesus says in verse 35 here, Jesus himself declares, to, declares himself to be the bread of life, and then we are told that he who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Therefore, coming, the coming to Jesus is associated with the eating of the flesh, and the believing in Jesus is in terms of the drinking of his blood. But why? Why not just simply leave it at he who believes in me, who comes to me? Why why not just simply leave it? Why this dramatic language that you must eat this bread and you must eat this body, you must drink this blood? Because I think there's a real danger here that we, we just leave it at believing. Maybe an illustration. Um, the worst of the dandelion season is over, but, uh, but a little while ago, maybe your lawn was filled with dandelions. Well, they tell me that dandelions make a really, really good salad. And as a matter of fact, and, and I happen to be a diabetic, and dandelion is, is especially salad, is especially good for diabetics. Now, do I believe that? Yeah, I believe it. Have I ever had a dandelion salad? No. <laughs> I haven't. Maybe I should, but I haven't. So you see, you believe it, but you don't take it in. And so Jesus is saying here, yes, you need to come to me. You need to believe in me. But that means that you ingest me, that you take me in, that my love becomes your love, that my obedience becomes your obedience, that that my generous spirit becomes your generous spirit, that my concern and love for others becomes your concern and love for others. That, that is the way we must see see this. Jesus is to be, in that sense, munched on. His passion, his love. And we are, of course, to do that every day. We eat, we need to eat every day. You've probably, and I'm sure you've heard this many times before, but I think it's appropriate where this person says, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I mean, I go to church and, and I, the next day already I forget what the preacher preached about. 
But then the person said, you know, my wife cooks me meals. And sometimes I forget what she cooked me yesterday, never mind a month ago. But I know that I have benefited from each of those meals. And so, again, we benefit. We need to partake. And this is why it is so important to recognize that the sacrament and the word of God go together. That the sacrament, as it were, symbolizes the body and blood of Jesus. Jesus. And what is the proclamation? It's the proclamation of the word. The word made flesh. Jesus. And so as we read in the form too, that the Holy Spirit now applies that word into our lives. So that not only once every three, four months, not only on Sundays, but every day as we read his word, as we reflect on it, as we pray together, that word, that word is coming into our lives. So we've come this morning to the table of the Lord with great joy because someone has done something about the greatest problem that we ever face. Death. Sin. Jesus. Jesus now offers us that life that eternal life. One more thing we need to be careful about, though. What else are we eating? I mentioned a minute ago that, that I'm a diabetic, and so I take insulin and, and, and all, of these, all of these things. But I can undo a lot of that if I start gorging myself on, on cake and high-carb carb foods. So we come to church this morning, and we take the bread and we take the one, but then we go out, and we take in that greedy spirit. We take in that self-centered spirit. We take in that, that spirit that... that that wants to put me front and center or to have, to have my jolly good, good time. And then, humanly speaking, it almost undoes that which, is, that which is good. And so therefore, therefore we need to be praying. What is it? What is it that we are taking in every single day of our lives? Let it be that which is offered in Jesus Christ. His, his health. And that really, you know, that's what the word salvation is, is really all about. It's, it's wholeness. It's health. It's salvation. That's what Jesus is offering. And it's symbolized here. And now we want to go out. And we pray that his spirit may enable us to eat the foods that are really, really healthy uh, for us. We come. We come to the table of the Lord. And just for a moment, when you think about what you are doing, taking the body and blood of a human person, 
As a matter of fact, Christians, early Christians, were, were, were vilified. They were accused of being cannibals because they ate a person's flesh and blood. Be grossed out for a moment. But then hear again the words of Jesus. Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this. Because my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. And this is the only food, the only food that enables you to have life, eternal life. An eternal life that is yours and mine today, not after we die, but it is something to experience today. A life that makes such a difference today, now and forever. What a blessing it is to be invited to partake of the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What shall I render uh, to the Lord? Number 178, or um, what shall I render to the Lord?